0: Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh Bismillah walhamdulillah wassalatu wassalamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa wa man wala qala Rabbi shahli sadiri wa yassir amri wa ahlul uqdata min lisani yafqahu qawli ilma O praise and thanks is due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Peace and salutations upon Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam His family, his friends and upon all those who try to emulate him until the end of time. Ahlan Wa Sahlan wa Maruhaban Bikum. Welcome each and every one of you. And Alhamdulillah Hajj at the provisions for the pilgrim. So the lessons are basically divided into two parts uh he will be doing the fiqh of Hajj with you, right? So, yeah. So don't ask me any fiqh questions, right? That's for shifri Now I'm just joking. And in my section, we will be looking at at the history of Makkah and Medina, right? So the places that you're going to go visit. What do you do there? What significance is there? Also, we will be looking at a bit of things that you generally don't find in a normal Hajj class. So generally, your normal Hajj classes, they they just teach you the fiqh of Hajj, and that's basically it. And they'll tell you, okay, you're going to go for Ziyarah to this place, that place, that place, and... That's it. Right. So, with my segment, we're going to look at things, for example, um, the virtues of going for Hajj. Right. What are the rewards for someone that go for Hajj? Is Hajj compulsory on every believing person, for example? Must I go on Hajj immediately, meaning I have the money? Right. Do I have to go on Hajj now? or can I delay it for 20 years, Uh, things like that, we're going to discuss as well, then for example we're going to look at in today's lesson towards the end, the talbiyah itself, what is this Labaiq, right, everyone utters it, but what does it actually mean, and lessons from this, and then next now,
1: it's
0: breaking up Yeah, I don't know. They can't seem to find the other mic. So, unless the men just sit forward and the ladies sit at the back. So, they can open up the curtain if they want to and then they can just sit at the back. <laughs> All right, so So the first point we're going to look at is the following: An act of worship cannot be accepted. Unless it meets two conditions, right? You don't need to write all this down. Right? I've made it into a PDF and I'll send it inshallah in the group later or when we finish. Right? So you don't need to write these things down. Right? Whatever's on the PowerPoint, if I do say something extra, then by all means you can write that. So an act of worship cannot be accepted unless it meets two conditions. So for any Ibadah to be accepted, it needs to meet two conditions, right? So you go bake a cake at home. if you don't have all the ingredients, your cake is going to flop. Right? You need to cook a meal, you need to cook food. If you don't put in what you need to put in, there's going to be no food. So like that, our Ibadah, whether it's Salah, whether it's fasting, whether it's Hajj, Whatever act of ibadah, recitation of the Quran, pain your zakah, whatever act of ibadah you do, it has two ingredients or two conditions. Number one, sincerity for the sake of Allah. Right. It is done to seek the countenance of Allah Jalla and to get the reward in the year after. It is not done to show off. It is not done to enhance my reputation or for a worldly gain. So now I'm going to give an example. I'm going to give two examples. One example is more on a lighter note. At one of our mashaif when we were studying, he told us of a bit of a story of this guy is in the masjid and he's making salah. He's not making a false salah, he's making a sunnah salah, and there's two other people sitting in close proximity. And the one says to the other one, You know, mashallah, see this guy, like, you know, he's extremely pious, look at his salahs, like, extremely good. And after this, now he hears this as well. So after he makes the salah, he turns around and he says to them, You know I'm fasting as well. Alright. So it's something on a lighter note. But it brings out. The lesson of sincerity. That you do something. Only for the sake of Allah. The second example I want to give is. You have a youngster. who wants to get married. So he's interested in a girl. And he knows. This girl's father. Goes to a particular masjid. And he knows he's there for Maghrib and he's there for Isha every day. So he also comes there for Maghrib. He also comes there for Isha. And he sits next to the uncle. Alright? Uncle sits there. He also sits close proximity. Why? So the uncle can see. So again, why are you coming to the Masjid? So these are the two examples I've just brought forth. So that we understand. Later on in the lesson, you're going to see something as well and this is linked to our intention do we do it for allah's sake or what do we actually do things for the second ingredient All right so first before i go to number two allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says wa ma umiru illa All right so Rabayna, i think verse number five or six Right, you can just check um, later. wa And that you have not been commanded, except to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. With sincerity. So worshiping Allah is not so people can say, MashaAllah, he's pious. Oh, you know... I'm worshipping Allah, someone's going to give me money. Right? A child, generally when the child starts making Salah, then why is he making Salah? Because he's going to get a sweet. Why is he fasting? Because he's a thousand Rand or five hundred Rand on each day. Right? We all grew up like that. But as the child grows older, he realizes it's not about money anymore. It's not about gifts. Now, as he reaches 10, he reaches 11, he reaches 12, now he becomes mukallaf. By the time he's become mukallaf or she's become mukallaf, they need to realize that my Ibadah is no more now because of mommy. And like I always give the example to the learners in Madrasa, I always tell them, a quick test for you to see, right, your sincerity as a youngster. When your dad and your mom is there, salat, I'm okay, I must make salat. But they're not there one day and they left you with a domestic at home. So now, now what's going to tell you to make Salah. Are you still going to make Salah or not? Because if you're not going to make Salah, then you're doing that only because you're scared of you're going to get the ID. Or you're scared they're going to take the PlayStation away. But if you still do it when your mommy and daddy is not there as a youngster, then what does that show you? That you are already prepared that this is for the sake of Allah. Point number two. Ittiba'an Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Following Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, wa وفعلا. In word, in speech, and in deeds. So, as we know, the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is ma'udifa ila nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That which is attributed to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, min qawlin. From his speech. Famous hadith in Namal Amalu, Pinia. Qawlan aw fi'lan. Alan, O his actions. Sallu, Kamara, Eitumuni, Usali. Khudu, Kum, Anma, O Hudu, manasikakum. Sallu, Kamara, Eitumuni, Usali, make Salah as if you seen me make Salah. This the Prophet ﷺ showed the companions how to make salah. Aisha radiallahu anha says that whenever Rasulullah ﷺ walked in the house before he walked in, he would use the miswak, he would clean his teeth. This is an action. The Prophet ﷺ said, Take from me your rituals of Hajj. Again, action, walking around the Kaaba, going between Safa and Marwa, walking to Mina, going from Mina to Arafah. These are all actions, it's not just speech. It's a combination of both. So, his speech, his actions, and tacit approval. The Prophet wasallam was sitting one day with a group of the Sahaba. And one of the wives of the Prophet wasallam they bring a tub. You know, it's a tub? A tub. You know, it's a tub? A tub is like a huge... Desert lizard. Right? You can eat it. So they roasted it and they would eat it. The Prophet is about to take from it. His wife tells him, But you don't eat this. This is not from our people's food. Prophet doesn't eat it. Khalid ibn Walid. This was from their people's food. He takes and he eats. The Prophet doesn't tell Khalid, You can eat. He doesn't tell Khalid You cannot eat He just keeps quiet This is a tacit approval Now as we know Part of the belief Of every believing Muslim male and female Is that no haram Takes place in front of a nabi Except that he would correct it So if he doesn't say anything Sallallahu alayhi Wasallam, Then this is tacit approval He doesn't say yes He doesn't say no So you can do it This is part of his sunnah Then the last two. His physical description. How did he look? How did he walk? How did he talk? Did he have a gap? By his front two teeth? Was his hair long? Was his hair short? Did he walk slow? Did he walk fast? Right? There's a book out there called the Shamail At Right? The Shama'il Muhammadiyah from Imam At The book is translated into English. Right? It's a very good book. All the ahadith, or a lot of the ahadith about the description of Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. How he ate, how he slept, how he dealt with people, what color was his helmet, what color was his turban. All these things is found in there. And the last one, these inner characteristics. What type of person was he, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So these five things, this makes up the sunnah. Now, when we generally, when we grew up, we just heard now what is a sunnah? The two rak'ats, four dhuar and aqdadhuar. All right? The three raka'at, the two raka'at of the maghrib. That's what we understood by sunnah. But now we realize that the sunnah is much more. It's not just, okay, he quoted a hadith, that's the sunnah. But rather the sunnah consists of five things. So we need to know the sunnah in order to follow the sunnah of Muhammad. Sallallahu Alaihi wasallam. And there are many ayat indicating to this. The Prophet Sallallahu Allah Wa Ta'ala says regarding Muhammad wasallam, take what Muhammad has given you and leave off what Muhammad Sallallahu alayhi wasallam has told you or that he has left off. Allah says in the Quran قُلْ that if you truly, if you truly want the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then what must you do? You must follow Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah. Then Allah will love you. So in order to get Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's love, you need to be in conformity with the sunnah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So now we move on. The definition of hajj, right? You don't need to write down the definitions in the next slide. Hajj. Qastu tawjiu ila bayt bil amalun mashru'iyah farudan wa sunnah. Wa huwa qastu al-ka'ba addawu al-af'al maqsusa. Au huwa ziyaratu makan maqsus في زمن مخصوص في فعل مخصوص وزياره هي الذهاب والمكان مخصوص الكعبة وعرفة والزمن مخصوص هو أشهر الحج وهي شوال Ashurul والعشر Min من للحجة Who understands that? Right? But you pick up words Hajj, huh? yeah. عرفة, this, that when you get in a taxi there you can do the same thing and just say hajj don't say that you get lost so the definition of hajj what is hajj now generally if you tell a muslim hajj he knows what is hajj right he knows okay you must go to makkah you can't perform hajj here in cape town you need to go to a particular place you need to go at a particular time you need to be there on particular days. So generally you know that. It's the same thing like if I were to ask you, what is the definition of the Quran? Right? In the Sharia, what is the definition of the Quran? Anyone? We generally don't know, but we know what the Quran is. We know it is the Kalam of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. But if you ask the Ulama of Tafsir, then they're going to tell you Al Quran, huwa kalam It is the uncreated speech of Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it is a mu'jiza. And it starts with Surah Fatiha and it ends with Surah Nas. How did it come? Part of the definition that it came for, to Jibreel. Or via to Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Right. But again, if you ask the general Muslim, we know what the Quran is. We know it's something sacred. We know it's the word of Allah. The same thing with Hajj. But what is the definition of Hajj? The definition of Hajj is, it is the intention to go or to head to the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. With specific actions that are compulsory and some of them are sunnah. They are recommended. So those recommended ones, if you miss it, your hajj is still accepted. The compulsory ones, if you miss that out, for example, you decided you don't want to go to Arafah on the ninth. I do not know where you wanted to go to Jeddah or somewhere. You didn't go to Arafah. You don't have hajj. Al-hajj, Arafah. As the Prophet Wasallam says, he says that Hajj is Arafah. Taib. It is heading to the Kaaba to do specific actions. What do you do at the Kaaba? You do tawaf. How many times must you? How many times do you walk around the Kaaba for one tawaf to be accepted? I heard someone say, what? Seven or six? Seven. Seven you sure? Who's been for Umrah before? Okay, who's been for Hajj before? You've been for Hajj? Oh, okay, mashallah. So, how can you going again now? How come you going again now? Oh, so, mahalam, <laughs> mashallah. Okay, that's good. When you did the last Hajj class? I see, uh,
1: 2020.
0: COVID, COVID Hajj. No, the COVID had been, they canceled the had.
1: No,
0: okay, I remember ya. Yeah. So, Taib, so you must walk around seven times. What is seven times five? No, 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 sorry. No, no, wait, what, was, what did this guy do? Yeah, sorry, seven times seven. 49. I meet this guy once, right? So usually what I do before I started the class, and sorry, I didn't do this. Yeah, for those that don't, right? Some, some of you I know. For those that don't know me, that, um, alhamdulillah, I'm a graduate of the Islamic University of Medina, so in Saudi Arabia. And alhamdulillah, I spent six years there. Uh, Sheikh Rita as well, that will teach in the next segment. Sheikh also spent about six years there as well. So, Alhamdulillah, Allah granted us the opportunity to perform Umrah on a regular basis and to perform Hajj. I'm not sure how many times sheikh performed Hajj. I performed Hajj twice whilst as a student there and once before um, as a student like 2008 or something like that. So, yes, and I graduated from the Faculty of Hadith and Islamic Sciences. So... Yeah, so I met this guy, and we're speaking and that, and he's like, you know, I am so tired from the Tawaf. I said, okay, I understand, I mean, but he's not that old, so, and he's not, don't look sickly or look unhealthy, so I don't see why. So, and, and at that time, it wasn't full, right? It wasn't full. So I was thinking, but like, why, like, so he's like, no, walked a lot, man. I said, Okay. So I said, yeah, I walked around 49 times. Nah, look at him. But don't click. So I said, you walked around how many times? He says, 49. I said, okay, like, why? He said, no, seven times seven. So I was like, no, man, one Tawaf is seven times, not seven times seven, you must walk around for each one seven times. So he walked around literally 49 times. Right, inshallah Allah reward you, but, alright, <laughs> he didn't know, so Alhamdulillah he learned something. That's why it's important to have knowledge. So, to do specific actions, or to visit a specific place at a f- specific time, you must go to Mustanifa at a specific time, you go to Mina at a specific time, you go to Pelt Jamarat at a specific time. If I go to Arafah now, and I stand there from the time of Wukuf, which is after the word salah, and I stand there till Maghrib tonight, and I make dua to Allah, do I have hajj? But I'm on Arafah, and you just said that hajj is Arafah. So, excellent. So one thing of ibadah, it's to be at a specific place. The other thing of ibadah, is that it must be in a specific time. Right? We made Salah to do it now. I couldn't make Maghrib Salah at that time because I'm going out tonight, so I rather gonna make Maghrib for my time because I have enough time to do it. No! It needs to be made in the Salah ta'kana That Salah is prescribed on the believers at a specific time. Right? Then he mentions here, like visiting the Kaaba, visiting Arafah and other places during the months of Hajj. What are the months of Hajj? It's in front of you. <laughs> and right? The first ten days. Everyone with me so far? Alhamdulillah. When was Hajj made compulsory? It was made compulsory towards the end of the ninth year of hijrah a question how many hajj did muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam perform who says what one everyone agree or disagree right you can disagree it's a class we all here to learn okay munir agrees you agree uncle agrees from the sisters one Everyone says one, right? ahsad that the Prophet performed one Hajj in his life, so it's known as hajjatun, Wada, the final Hajj, his farewell Hajj. Right? You know that Rakam that you have in the house, the final pilgrimage, the final sermon. And most people don't even read it. Right? It's just there. I don't know for what it there for, but we don't know what's in the final sermon. So, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, إِلَيْهِ You, This is part of a longer ayah. You can memorize this. Because it's going to come up now. It's going to come up in a few slides. It's going to come up in a few slides after that as well. It's going to come up ashikrita as well. It's going to come up quite regularly. nasi عَلَى إِلَيْهِ sabila that performing Hajj to the house is an obligation. So this Ayah proves what to you? What does this Ayah prove to you? That it's far. So as we know in Islam, in order to understand or to know that the Sheikh, whatever he's saying or the Maulana, or the Mufti, he tells you to do something, he needs to back it up with evidence from either the Quran or the Sunnah so if I tell you something and there's no Hadith or there's no Ayah and I tell you what the Prophet did this then you can ask but where's your Dalil for this? Where's your proof? and there's no need for the person that studied to get upset because if he is a true student of knowledge and he's a seeker of the truth then he can't get upset if someone asks you Sheikh Maulana, why do you do this? You must be able to back it up. Or you can tell you I can't, the hadith slip my mind, I will send it to you later. I will, next time I meet you, I will explain to you. So the proof for Hajj in the Quran is, <clears throat> is Walillahi ala man Pilgrimage to the house is an obligation. So when Allah speaks generally about the house in the Quran, the Baytullah is referring to Makkah is an obligation by Allah upon whoever is um, able of the people. If you are by the means to go on Hajj, Hajj is compulsory on you. If you are not by the means, then Hajj is not compulsory. Now I have a question. What does by the means mean? Hmm? You must be by the means. Physically able, right? Okay. So You're gonna do that to Shigri You must be akil bali, right? Things like that. <coughs> so for this, sorry. Right? Yes, hundred percent. For the sisters, right? Is correct what they're saying. For the sisters, there's one more thing that needs to be there. For you to go on Hajj, what is that? There must be a mahram. There has to be a mahram. Everyone got mahram? We're going to come to that. So, if there isn't a mahram, genuinely, there is no mahram. Then, there is leeway for them to perform their Farg Hajj far Farhajj with a group of ladies that is able to take them and protect them, etc. So generally the fiqh books, they speak about an elderly lady. This is the one view. The other view is that if there is no mahara, then they don't need to go because it's not made wajib on them. So there is two views. So those scholars that are very strict, they're still going to say they can't go because hajj is not compulsory on them. They don't need to go. The Shafi scholars, they're going to say they can only go for their far hajj. And this unfortunately you find here in Cape Town that many of these groups, they take people for umrah. I'm not talking about hajj now. They take people for umrah without mahrams. Yes, Saudi Arabia has allowed. They never used to. Only last year or the year before, they've now allowed women to come in for Umrah or Hajj without a mahram. But now see, they've not come to this conclusion based, okay, we just want females to come in. It's a scholarly view. But many of the mashayikh in Saudi, they don't hold that view. They still believe that if a woman comes or if she does not have a mahram then hajj is not wajib on them. right so the, this is the two views so what they used to do in the past right? now remember in the past you had to have a mahram then I get munir then I come to munir at the airport and I say look here munir you wish are going to put this auntie on your thing that you're the auntie's mahram this is what they used to do i've seen this right it's not correct is Against?
1: The
0: of the Yes, no, you must travel, right? I'm of the view, a female, more than 80 kilometers, they must have a
1: Right?
0: And this of know that it's fine, it's safe and that, right? Yes, generally, it's safe in today's time to travel, with plane and that, but still, there's always something that happens, right? I was on travel, last, now December, right, you have, even, okay, you wait, at the particular airport was only going to be three hours, then you come there, no sorry, delay for four hours, then you come again, no, there was another delay for two hours, then you look at it, you sit in, in, in transit at another airport, for five, six, seven, eight hours, so, is it really that safe, is it really, I'll say no, so that's why my thing is that, a female must travel, with a mahar traveling shopping and okay, so you go for hajj? Right? Good question. You go you go for hajj and you're in Makkah now and she says, husband is ill, right? He can't he's very sick. She asks, Can I go for Tawaf? She can go. Why? Because that vicinity is in the or the less than eighty kilometers, it's fine. Right, so it's the same thing. Yeah, they don't, they, they go shopping or whatever, and no? but they can't go more than eighty kilometres. I'm away
1: from Sorry. I'm away overseas. Yes. I'm away
0: thousand kilometres. Yeah, no, it's fine. She's in her own place. It's fine. Our own place. Yeah. Okay, nothing really
1: the facilities. Not yourself. facility. No, no, no. It's a vicinity. The facility.
0: Yes. Right. Taiba. What is the ruling on hajj? The ruling on hajj that it is compulsory at least once in a lifetime. Proof on the Quran. I'm not going to read the proof again because I just explained it now. Now. <inaudible> proof on the sunnah. The Prophet s.a.w. said, Bunia al-Islam ala khams. Islam is based on five pillars. Shahadatu an la ilaha illallah. Wa anna muhabbar. Rasulillah. Wa iqam as-salah. Wa ita al was, right was so Ramadan. in some narrations Ramadan comes before hajj in other narrations hajj comes before Ramadan then to perform hajj these are the five pillars of Islam everyone knows it we learnt it in madrasa when we were small right they used to teach you this and they used to teach you what that's the six pillars of iman taib The proof that hajj is compulsory only once in a lifetime. Abu Hurairah radiallahu an What was Abu Hurairah's name? Was his name Abu Hurairah? Right? Abu Hurairah's name was Abdullah ibn Sakhar. That was his name. He loved cats. That's why they called him Abu Hurairah. Hurairah is one of the words for cat. But his name is Abdullah ibn Sakhar. So Hurairah says, may Allah be pleased with him?" That Allah subhanahu wa taala's messenger he addressed the Sahaba and he said, "O oh people, Allah has made Hajj compulsory for you, so perform Hajj." Then someone gets up, one of the companions, "Ya Rasulullah, Allah, is it to be performed every year?" The Prophet sallallahu wasallam kept quiet. And he repeated the strife. So every time he asked the Prophet, don't answer me, ask again. The Prophet, don't answer me, ask again. The Prophet, don't answer ask again. Then Rasulullah said, if I were to say yes, it would become wajib, compulsory. For you to perform it every year and you would not be able to do it. Then he said, leave me with what I have left you to you. For those who were before you were destroyed because of excessive questioning and the opposition to the prophets. So when I command you to do something, do it as much as it lies in your power, as much as you can do. And when I forbid you to do anything, then abandon it a very profound hadith. A very powerful hadith. But our focus on this hadith is what? That hajj is not compulsory after you do it once. You did it once and this is why it is so important to perform your first hajj correctly. If you taint your hajj and you do things just haphazardly it might have an effect on this Hajj being accepted. Whether you go 10 times afterwards, right, that first Hajj is that Hajj that counts. This part I would just like to get, I'm not going to get to the whole Hadith, but where the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says, nations were destroyed for asking excessive questions. This does not mean you can't ask questions. eh? What this means is that don't ask, as they say in Afrikaans, everyone speaks Afrikaans, yeah? Don't ask, right? You know that what ifs. So you get that. People, they like to ask, you teach, Sheikh, but now what if this happened? The is not them. So why are you bringing it up? What if you, on Mars, for example, right? They asked the Sheikh this one day, Sheikh, if we go to Mars, but what was Kibla? The Sheikh told them, when you get to Mars, then you ask me. Don't ask me now. Right? The point is these type of questions man. right? Like Bani Israel what's a perfect example of them? About the cow. Where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about the whole incident of the cow. Allah tells him slaughter a cow. Then what do they ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Right? Through Nabi Musa now they want to know is the cow a virgin? Is a cow a male? Is a cow a female? What color must the cow be? Must the cow plow the land? Mustn't cow? You were just told to slaughter a cow. But now you want to know all this. Now, we as humans, we like that. Just even besides religion, someone ask you, can I have some water? Must it be cold? Must it be hot? Must it have ice? Must it be still water? Must it be from the tap? Must it be... The man asks you for water, he will tell you if he wants cold water, if he don't want cold water. Right? But now more so in the religion. Right? Don't go into excess. If you go into excess, we could be destroyed. This is a very important question. Must I go on Hajj immediately or not? Now, I'm not talking about Sawuk here. eh? Meaning that you registered, you can only go when you accept it. That's a different thing. I'm asking, there's no Sawuk. Right? So, you can book your Hajj. I have the money. Is Hajj compulsory for you at that time to go, yes or no? Like must you go immediately? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, you fill all the criteria. Must you go immediately or can you delay it? Mm-hmm. Hey, you must? Mm-hmm. You have to go, so there's a difference of opinion. Some ulama say you can delay it. Some say no you must go immediately. And this is the Rajiv view, this is the preponderant view, that you must go immediately. If you, because if you don't go, and you pass away, then you are sinful. Because you don't want to go immediately, but I'm going to for a holiday. He didn't go immediately, but he go here for holiday, or he buy a new car, he buy a new house. He had the money. Right? And Alhamdulillah, this is something good. I know like a lot of brothers and sisters and at like our age that alhamdulillah before even they went to go buy a house and that a lot of them they performed hajj, finish. Alhamdulillah it's done. Now you carry on. Right? Hajj, few years ago when we went on Hajj 2008 from here for everyone it was a certain right? It was it was a bit expensive that time. But myself, my mother, and my father, boy was basically, is equivalent now to one package. So, things... No, me, my, but, I mean, more. You
1: can get three, four people who one
0: package. When that time? Okay. Oh, were you also there 2008? I think when I was mm. Okay, time. All right. Okay, there, here is it. And then it was still good packages, no? Yeah,
1: yeah it used to stay in all the Macarota.
0: Yeah, <laughs> so that's how things, but, right, generally, I mean, everything in the world is not just Makkah, Madina. everything's gone expensive, right? It's not just there. So that is the view. Now what? Okay, now, Sheikh, but now, Saul, I have the money this year, right? And Alhamdulillah, I save the money, so I have the money all the time. But do I fit into this? You don't fit into this. Because there is an obstacle for you. And the obstacle is that you need to be accredited to go. So if you're not accredited, you need to wait. But it's not what you say. So Allah forbid you passed away. Allah won't hold you responsible. Because you weren't, you didn't follow one of the conditions. And one of the conditions now is that you must be accredited.
1: But your name is
0: yeah, no. Obviously, you must put your name on the list. You can't. <laughs> you can't. I mean, you won't get a credit. So, and this brings me to another yeah, point.
1: I'm you can't not put you are by the means not putting. You yes, yourself.
0: yes, yes. Yeah, no. That is I also.
1: Away. You say, no, no, no. I didn't know. Yes,
0: that is very important. Eh? That's also like someone even told me. Um, you know, I'm saving, but i on the first finish site, I told him, put your name on the list, your name only going to come out in 20 years time, or 15 years time anyway, so put your name on the list now, now 15 years time come, then you will wait another 20 years, right, mm-hmm. so put your name, and who knows, maybe they decide like how, I'm just saying, maybe they decide like how they build the Jamarat, three, four stories, maybe on Arafa we can do something similar, so you can take more who knows, I mean on Mina now, they are starting to build hotels, like not hotel as in like fancy hotel, just basically like dorms, right? Just up four beds in a room or something and that to create more space. Alhamdulillah. Right? So it's not part, it's not a sure of your Hajj that you must sleep in a tent. Eh? You can sleep in a building just so long you're on. Mina and Arafa and all these places. <laughs> so the preponderant view, right? The Raja is that you must go immediately. Some of the virtues of hajj. Hajj wipes out one's previous sins. The Prophet ﷺ said, Are you not aware of the fact that Islam wipes out all the previous sins? So someone reverts to Islam, all his sins is forgiven. And then he says, Verily migration wipes out all the previous misdeeds. What is migration in Arabic? Hijrah. So making hijrah from one place to a Muslim land, right? it wipes out your previous sins. And verily, hajj wipes out all previous sins as well. The Prophet sallallahu says, Man hajja lillah, that so, ever performs hajj for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's pleasure. Wa lam wa lam right Raja'at Kayawmu Walidat Ummah Musa even performs Hajj for the pleasure of Allah and he does not have sexual relations with his wife whilst they are in Ihram now whilst they are in Ihram is not part of the hadith I'm just explaining that to you because some people they misunderstand this and I think you can't have relationships with your wife when you're in Makkah and Madina. no it's only when you're in Ihram or on the days of Hajj then you can afterwards or before and you don't do any evil sins we're going to come to that then you will return free from all sins as the day he or she was born actually so these subhanallah the two hadith stands out right there are many more hadith about the one that performs Hajj but imagine you come back as a newborn baby. A hajj mabrur. The Prophet peace be upon him said, An umrah is an expiation for the sins committed between it and the next. And hajj. <clears throat> which is accepted, a hajj mabrur, Mabroor makbool, will be received, no other reward than jannah. But it needs to be done correctly. So, what is a hajj mabrur? We always hear this, right? When you, when the people come from hajj, hajj Mabroor and mabrur. What is an accepted hajj? Number one. That one needs to fulfill all the rituals. Fard and sunnah, you're going to cover with shigrida. Number, right, before I get to number two, the Prophet ﷺ said that take your hajj rituals from me. Everyone with me? Good. Number two, do righteous deeds. When you are hajj, give sadaqah. Recite Quran. Make us cow. Right? In the correct way. Help someone that's old in your group. You see they're struggling. There's no one to push them in the wheelchair. This is all the want for you. Right? Buy dates. Right? You're going gonna to go on Hajj now. It's summer. Right? It's hot. Buy water. Give people water. Take. <laughs> right? Take our from here. You mix it there. Mix it in. Right? No, I'm see oh Allah I'm serious. Right? There was this thing that I used to actually your your cousin gave it to me, Musaddik. when they came on Hajj. It was this these no. no, 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 it wasn't. Ten. It was
1: something.
0: Ten. Ten. No, it wasn't. Ten. It was some some energy. Just double check with him. Ten. Ten. No, it wasn't tang. It was some energy thing. It was like either energy thing or something. It was some Session because he has yes, game was game the orange one And so you take that you can mix it into big give it but please don't give it to people with diabetes na, Because I don't <laughs> even a big trouble right sawo is gonna give you 10 on When you on arafa, right? They mix them they freeze it for you. It's very nice Right, but please if you have sugar etc. Diabetes and I can don't drink these things now because it might shoot but you know what I've seen I've seen a lot of people with with diabetes. I don't know if it's just because it's so hot. Even if they drink like Pepsi or whatever, they're psychos all right. Because I think it's so hot and they walk in so much and you know, I think that just balances out everything. But don't take my word on that. Please, if you're diabetic. right? Don't, Don't do it. Right? So do righteous deeds and there's so much you can do. Treat people well and assist. Well, and assisting them. Help people where you can help. Be good to people. Right? Don't push. Don't argue. It's going to be hard. There's a lot of people. Right? You're not going on a holiday, man. You're not going here to Zanzibar, wherever, like holiday. No. You're going for a purpose. You're going for Hajj. Must Hajj be difficult? Yes. There is that part of sacrifice. You have to sacrifice. People, they have this... Perception or whatever, no, everything must be five-star. Right? So your hotels, what they say? They say you start off by five-star, then it gets less. Then you come to to Azizia, then the stars is like one star, and then in Mustalifa, you under the stars because you sleep in there for the night. So you just open, there's no tent and for you there in Mustalifa. So this is my point. That it there must be the sacrifice, man. People's going to nudge you. People's going to push you. But if you're going to get upset with everyone, then why are you really young? you yearn young, Hajj, to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to fulfill. Is they going to pay challenges? Yes. Is the past going to come an hour late? Yes. What are you going to do? Is the past come an hour late? What can you do? Sit in the corner, recite. Speak to someone, read a book on Hajj. Right? There's so many things you can do. But what do we do? Now, the buses is la. Oh, the la. Then we walk up and down in the end of four year hotel. But where's the bus? Where's the bus? Where's the bus? Where it's going to happen. Right? This, remember, you find how many people this year for Hajj? No. No,
1: Million. No, no,
0: no. I'm saying for the whole Hajj. What was it about? About 2.5. I don't know, someone was saying something about three. I, I heard, I don't know, Allah, Adam that they're looking at about three this year. I don't know how, because Arafah is not like it expanded. There's only so much place Arafah can take, like currently. Like I said, if they decide to do something, it will be different. But currently, Arafah must remember, Mina to Arafah, to Mustalifa back to Mina. The radius is very small, it's not, like, what's a kilometer? it's not much, no? Right? say about, it's definitely under 10, right, it's not, it's not far, but with so many people <laughs> it takes time, so yeah, remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this is part of your hajj and avoid sin and arguing and I that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says "Al Hajju ashwurum ma'adumat." that hajj is in the well-known lunar months. ولا ولا so whosoever intends to perform hajj, then he should not have sexual relationship with his wife when he's in a haram, nor sin, no dispute unjustly during those times. Right? And then Allah says, وَمَا تَفْعَلُوا مِنْ خَيْرِ اللَّهِ And whatever good you do, be sure that Allah Azza wa Jal knows us. Whatever good you do, Allah Subh'anaHu wa ta'ala is fully aware. And that's not just in Makkah and Madinah, everywhere, wherever you are. And whatever bad we do, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is fully aware of what we do. Allah is all knowledgeable, wa basir, and is all hearing, is all seen. And then Allah says, فَإِنَّ خِيرَ الزَّادِ الْأَلْبَابِ. And then Allah says, and whatever, okay, and take a provision for you for the journey. Right, take whatever you need to take. But the best provision is takwa, is piety, and right? what do the old people used to say, "Say 10 sakke they used to say, you must pack a bag, and then nog 10 you must have patience right?" but the best of provisions to take, is takwa, so what is takwa,
1: Right? Ramadan is
0: coming up, 3-4 no? weeks then? Ramadan. what is takwa, Right in Ramadan, every single day you hear this word, whether it's on the radio, whether it's by the imam, after Taravi, Jumma, this, that. Says, you must have taqwa. Allah says, ladina kama min You must have taqwa. So what is taqwa? Yes. What is taqwa? Allah consciousness. Allah consciousness. Anyone else? Taqwa right so sam says allah conscious, sam says fear allah you know sam says be aware of allah he's always watching you this day ali radiallahu an ali radiallahu an was the fourth caliph of islam the son in law of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam married to his daughter fatima radiallahu anha and he was the cousin of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam ali radiallahu an was the first child The first youngster to embrace Islam. Who was the first person to embrace Islam? Okay. Anyone
1: else? Hadijah, anyone else?
0: Trick? I'm asking a question. Right. So many people. When you ask this, it should be asked in the following way. Who was the first female to accept Islam? Khadija radiallahu anh. Who was the first child to accept Islam? Ali radiallahu anh. Who was the first slave, freed slave? Zaid bin Hari. Who was the first male adult? Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu Because if you just ask who was the first Then you're always going to end up He said Khadija, I'm going to say Abu Bakr He's going to say Ali So it needs to be asked like that And then you understand it also better So the first male, the first female The first freed slave and the first child So Ali radiallahu anhu says What is taqwa? He says taqwa consists of four things He says Al -khawf khawf min Allah to have fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now this is not incorrect. You find in in times today, someone say why must you teach your children to fear Allah? I say you must teach your child to fear Allah. Like how you expect your child to fear you as well. But as your child fears you, he loves you as well. Correct or not? So the child must be scared. And <laughs> I always say this. Right? Today's time, the ch- Children, they're not scared of their parents anymore. I say straight, I was scared of my daddy. But I never for once even doubted that he didn't love me or my mother didn't love me, right? He used to hit you with a rolling pin or whatever, but they still loved you, but you still had that fear. Now, the same with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There's no example unto Allah, but the same concept, the same thing. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves us. His mercy overpowers his wrath. But there needs to be that bit of fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as well. Because if there's no fear of Allah, then what happens? It's fine. I can do what I want to do. I can commit zina. There's no problem. Allah's ghafuru rahim. I can steal. Allah's ghafuru rahim. I can gamble. Allah's ghafuru rahim. I can go on drugs. Allah's ghafuru rahim. Yes, Allah is ghafuru rahim. But Allah is also shadidul aqab. He's also severe in punishment. So you, there's a balance. Right? There is a balance. So Ali radiallahu says, number one, al-khawfu min Allah. You must fear Allah. Number two, right, al-amalu bi You must practice on that which was revealed. The Quran and the Sunnah. Is the Sunnah of the Prophet revelation or not revelation? Okay, who says it's not a revelation? One, two, three. So who says it is a revelation? I can't have my busyana. You know? No offense at this It is a revelation. Excellent. What does Allah say in Surah najm Wa ma yamtiku anil Hawa illa Wahyun Yuha. He did not speak out of his own accord. But we inspired him and he spoke. So the Sunnah of the Prophet and the Ahadith, that is also revelation. That is also a revelation. But the revelation in his own words. That's why you have in Hadith, for those that know but the Hadith terminology, that's why you have a Hadith and you have a Hadith Qudsi. In the Hadith "Call the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says, "Call Allahu The Prophet says that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says and he quotes the hadith. Or he then speaks. So it's what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says to him but in his words. As for the hadith, it's just his own words sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That's number two. Number three is that we must be content with what we have. If we have a lot, alhamdulillah, we have a little, alhamdulillah. And I always say it's easy for someone that has a lot to say, Alhamdulillah. Right? He's a millionaire. Nah, Alhamdulillah. But for that person that only have enough money to buy a bread and a milk, when he says Alhamdulillah, carries more weight. Right? And in the last one he says number four, to prepare for the journey. What journey is this? Not a hajj journey, nah? What journey? The year after. Right? So that was Ali, not the other one. Your money must be pure. Ida hajaj to be mad in asluhu sahat, kama hajaj to wala kin hajat al qiru. La yakwalullahu illa kulla tai hiba ma kuluman hajja baytilahi mabaru. If you do hajj with money whose source is haram, you have not done hajj, but your donkey has done hajj. Allah does not accept anything but that we, it must be good طيب, and not everyone who does hajj will have a hajj accepted. You can't go, if you add riba money, you can't take riba money and go perform hajj. All right? If you were smoking, <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. right? <laughs> right, no one's on that thing here. But like I'm saying, if you had haram money or even suspect of haram, don't use that money. Right? Rather use your poor money. Your pure money. Right? I'm sure everyone who heard that stories of that auntie that for 20 years said her sisters for koop over Right? And while lying, that people, they go. Allah put baraka in that 400, four 500 rand that they make profit on the Sunday morning. Allah puts baraka in that money. And they go. We've seen it. They go for Hajj, And it's a the reality is the following. It's not your money that takes you for hajj. It's Allah that takes you for hajj. It's not your money. You can be a millionaire and we know of people. You, I'm sure everyone knows. Someone. You know that one person. Allah is rich They reach. Not even hajj. Know it for Umrah. We know that. I know of someone. <laughs> So, some millionaire lived in Jiddah. In Jiddah. He's never been to Makkah and he was over 80 or something like that. Jiddah is like for driving from here way to Paul, maybe. Just even less. Less simple. Palwell, yourself, It's not far, it's one straight road. So, if Allah don't accept you then, what? Right? So, your money must be. Sorry, auntie. So what it means is just, it, it, it's a poem, right? It's not a hadith, it's not the ayah. So what it means is that you wasted your time, right? You took all this means, so obviously the poet in his time, they wasn't blamed. right? So it's like your donkey went all the way, you performed hajj, because you went with haram. So like that, that's what it means. Understood? Ascend. Is this Hajj accepted or not? <laughs> Write the selfie Hajj. What is the Selfie Hajj? <laughs> <laughs>
1: <Selfie. laughs>
0: <laughs> I want to I want to read the hadith for you. Right? The Prophet made how many Hajj? One. One Hajj. Right. He left from Medina, correct? So he went to Abiyar Ali or Bir Ali. He's going to come up a lot to Sheikh Rita. That's what they call the Miqat for the people of Medina. And then he left with his companions on his camel Kaswa and he went off to perform Hajj. So he turned this haram in Medina from the Miqat. Sorry, and he said the following Allahumma <laughs> hajjatan la riya'a fiha wana sumata." he made this dua and he said oh Allah make this hajj one that has no show or fame or one that is free from show and fame now you look at that and we go back. Alright? Now, I just want to clarify something. Before we go into this whole selfie thing. Eh, my time is coming. Alright? I just want to clarify something. There's no problem to take a photo of the Kaaba. Alright? There's no problem to take a photo of your husband or your wife. There's no issue with that. Unless you believe that photos is haram. That's a different thing. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about that don't, don't misunderstand me. Right, you feel you had a nice, there's a nice meal in your plate, you want to take a photo, remember for yourself, no problem. Right, I don't have an issue with that. Someone gave you nice dates in the packet with bread and yogurt and that in madina you want to remember it, you want to take a photo. So you get what I'm saying, there's no issue with it. The problem that we have and that we see he said, no, now in front of the Kaaba, take a photo. Yeah. Video photo, anything, right? Now you sit, then I come to Munir, right? My I only use Munir as example or something, because that's the names I know, right? So now I come to Munir, I say, Munir, you know what? I'm sitting here in Madina, I'm going to sit in in position, I'm going to lift up my hands, take a photo of me. I'm talking about things like this. This is riyah. This is showing off. Right, and our Shaykh and our teacher, Sheikh Abdul Razak, al-Badr hafirullah ta'ala, he wrote a whole article, he gave a whole talk about this hajj selfie. And this is the example that he gives. It's things like this. He's not talking about just a normal peak or whatever. So, and like someone said, the social media hajj, you don't need to post every day. Right? You don't need to post your hajj every day. We know you on hajj. It's fine. Right? Someone wants to, okay, you want, like I said, you took a picture of the cupboard, you took a nice angle, you had the new S24, right, AI and all these things. So your camera is quite. I understand. You got a quiet photo of the mountain range of Uhud. You got a photo of Baki. No problem. But don't yourself up and the wife up and you know what you eat in the whole world must see and, that. and you know the hadith of the prophet that the eye as happy that's true you can it can affect you right then people want to know then they say "Yeah, so what happened to me that's not going right that's not going right Nazar this and all you know Sihar and all these things right but my point that I'm making is just be careful of this Right, it can lead to showing off or seeking fame without you even knowing. And wallah we've reached this point where people they video all the time now. No? Now it's everything, it's just it's alive. So walk into Arafah, live, walk into Mina live, Pelting in Jamarat live, and someone throw you with a stone from the back, you don't you know because you stand in there in front. So my point is leave all this. Right? You only go in once. We don't know, with the current situation, we don't know when we're going to go for Hajj again. Yes, Umrah, alhamdulillah, but Hajj. So, just leave all these things. Yeah, you need battery. Eh? 2015, I went to Hajj. I had this, I had a smartphone, but I had this black Nokia. You know, those black small ones, man, black and white ones, no color, nothing. It lost, no, not even 3310, it was a blocky it was that like just a block like literally like a block all right and i think lasted me from the eighth of the hijah till the 13th and i still had 50 percent on it <laughs> didn't do anything it's just you just needed it for phone that's all it lasted i chose it once never chose it again all right so where do we take our hajj from the hadith and Jabir radiallahu anhu قَالُ Now, Jabir radiyallahu an, right? Jabir ibn Abdullah radiallahu This hadith that he narrates is the longest hadith on Hajj and the most detailed one. That the ulama, when they teach Hajj, they just teach hadith or Jabir and they teach the whole Hajj from them. Ulam has written books, hadithu jabir, hajjin nabi sallallahu alayhi wa One hadith, they teach the whole hajj. So Jabir says, Raitin nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Yarmi ala rahilatihi yawman nahar wa yaqul, litahudu mana sika kumfa inni la adari la ali la hajjjati haza. Jabir radiallahu alayhi that the day the Prophet was pelted on the day of Eid. Right? Yawmun Nahar. So that is what day? The 10th. So where did you come from? Mustalifa. Right? Arafah. Mustalifa. Chamarat. Mina. Right? So the Prophet on that day. He says, hudu مَنْ kum." Take from me your rituals of hajj. أدري, for indeed I do not know. هذا, that whether I am likely to perform pilgrimage after this occasion. Now just imagine how the Sahaba felt when the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi says this. Imagine. These were the same men and women that helped him, that fought with him, protected him. Right? They would sacrifice their parents for him, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Now he tells you, I don't know if I'm going to perform hadith enough. You. you know that his life is coming to an end, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. You know this. So, but the shahid of this hadith that we want to draw the lesson from it, take your pilgrimage from me. The Talbiya. Right? Everyone knows what is the Talbiya. la wa lak la sharika Abdullah ibn Umar reported that the Talbiya of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was that exactly what I read for you now. Oh Allah, yeah, I am at thy service. Oh Allah, yeah, I am at thy service. He said again, There is no associate with thee. Here I am at thy service. For indeed all praise and grace is due to thee. And the sovereignty too. There is no associate with you. Now some of the talbiyah just some few quick points. The men will raise their voices with a labaiq. And right? you don't sit in the bus as a male. You raise your voice. <coughs> as for the females, they will do this in a soft voice if there is non-mahram men around them. So the females don't like bike loud in the bus. Right? Your groups that you're going with, they're going to tell you, no, 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 you don't. It's not other the sunnah. Right? If you in a car with your husband and you're driving for Umrah. So like for example, Alhamdulillah, when we studied there, I had my car and myself and my wife would go, for her to la bike loud in the car, there's no issue. Because there's no non mahrams around. It's only me. But if you're doing it in public, then it should be done in a very soft voice. So no man can hear you. This talbiya is the pinnacle of Tawheed. It teaches us that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is in control and ye alone do we worship. Islam came and taught us the talbiya teaching us Tawheed and sincerity. And at the end of this Tawheed it steers us or the talbiya, sorry it steers us away from Shirk. Now you will find, and we've witnessed this, someone utters this talbiya Right? And this talbiya is only about the oneness and the Tawheed of Allah. This is what, then I go read it. Oh Allah, I'm here at your service. You can't worship anyone? except Allah. No ascribe partners to Allah. You are in control of everything Allah. This is Tawheed. This is showing you who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is. And everyone utters this. When they are on hajj, when they do umrah. But some people unfortunately, whilst uttering this, they ascribe partners with Allah. And this brings me to a very important question. Can you have someone that makes Salah fast in the month of Ramadan, goes on Hajj, but they ascribe partners with Allah? Is it possible for someone to do all these things, but also ascribing partners? No, 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 no. I know. I think I'm maybe asking it wrong. What I'm saying is they do all this ibadah, right? But also they ascribe in partners. So now what I'm asking you is, do you think it's possible for someone to do this? Yes or no? Can they do it? Right? Munir says yes. Right? He says yes. Someone else will say yes. And it's possible. i give you an example. Many people, they understand and they think that shirk if you ask someone, what is shirk? Generally, they'll tell you, it's to have more than two Allahs. Right? That's shirk. Yeah, now, sh- More than one. You said more than two. Oh,
1: sorry.
0: Two more more, than- right, two or more? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? I <laughs> 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 Right? So, right, you can't do this. So this is only one part of shirk. But you get shirk into us, you get shirk in asma wa sifat, names and attributes, and in many other things. So someone will make salah, pay zakai, do everything else. But he still ascribes partners with whom? With Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Our sheikh and our teacher, Sheikh Abdul al-Badr, Hafidh Allah ta'ala, he teaches in Masjid al-Nabawi. So he says after his class, one day he's sitting and he's reciting Quran, he's making du'a, and he hears a pilgrim. This pilgrim is calling out to other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Masjid of Rasulullah, right, in his du'a, and afterwards, when the man was done, and see, the adab and the respect, he doesn't cut him, he doesn't stop him, he doesn't scream at him, he doesn't swear at him, he leaves him. Let him finish what <laughs> he needs to finish. Afterwards, he spoke, and luckily also, this man could speak Arabic, so they can, and then he explained to him that, do you not say, iya a'budu wa iya And he says, yes, every salah. He says, do you know what it means? He says, yes, you alone we worship, you alone we seek assistance. So he says, but now, why in you du'a? Do you call on the Prophet to help you? Right? You say, Madad ya Rasulullah. Oh, Messenger of Allah, help me. So here you find someone in the Masjid of Rasulullah. You're going to find people in front of the Kaaba. You're going to find people on Arafah. You're going to find people on Muzdalifah. They are there spending, most of them spend their last savings. But they call unto other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَمَا أَكْثَرُهُمْ بِاللَّهِ إِلَّا وَهُمْ مُشْرِكُونَ And most of them believe not in Allah except that they attribute partners to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَلَا مَنْ خَلَقَ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ وَسَخَّرَ وَالْقَمَرِ لَا اللَّهِ And if you were to ask them, who has created the heavens and the earth and subjected the sun and the moon, they will surely reply, Allah. Then how then are they deviated polytheists? And this is exactly what the Quraysh did. They believed that there was an Allah, but to get to Allah, they had to have a means. Today we find the same thing. That people in the name of Islam, Muslim people making Salah five times a day, big beard, hijab, that. Right? They do all these things. But when it comes to Dua, they call to other than Allah. Calling upon saints, calling upon dead. And this is not what this Talbiya teaches us. The Talbiya teaches us to call unto Allah and to unto Allah alone. Right? Ibn Kathir mentioned something. I'm going to leave this. You can read that to yourself. The talbiya and the prevention of shirk I am nearly done. Right? La sharika. This proves that our worship, our slaughtering, our tawakkul, our faith in Allah, our dua, supplications, is for Allah and Allah alone. Ammay yujeebul idha wa wa khulafal ma Is it not he... Better than your gods, who responds to the distressed one, meaning Allah is the one that responds to the distressed one when He calls Him. And who removes the evil and makes you inheritors of the earth, generations after generations. Is there any Ilah with Allah? Little is that you remember. Right? So when you make dua, when you supplicate, you call unto Allah and to Allah alone. When a Muslim utters the talbiyya and especially La Shariq he must be aware and she must be aware of the reality of Shirk. We also need to be made aware of anything that can lead to Shirk or open doors to Shirk. Anything that can lead to Shirk is Haram. Anything that opens the doors to Shirk is Haram. If something is going to lead someone to commit, then it's not acceptable. And Allah says Allah That indeed Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala does not forgive shirk with him but he forgives everything else. Someone committed zina, iman n steal, iman ga lie, ga rob, whatever. right? Allah forgives that but if someone passes away on the scribe in partners with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that is not forgiven. So, ponder over these verses. And this is the end of my section. Walhamdulillah. Um, there's your tensity, eh?